On this week's episode of Peak Too Early, the boys recap the running news. They interview Brooks Beast Ali Bukulski, and they break down the results of the Irish Clover 5-miler, and they announce the winner of the P2E Pick'em. Keep on this is Peak Keep Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner. I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who's somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? See, I'm good. I'm excited for tonight's show, you know, in the spirit of March Madness. I think we're going to do something that nobody's ever done before. No sports media outlet has ever done where we're going to make, you know, random brackets about, you know, running movies or running shoes or, you know, running apparel. Um, I just think it's creative and different. So I'm looking forward to breaking that down tonight. Yeah. Nobody does random brackets of stuff, not related to basketball. So not in March, never. (laughs) And he's not at the house of Sav. He's not on the podcast because you guessed it, ladies and gentlemen, he is once again on vacation. The man who takes more vacations than anyone else in the country. Trent Fontanella isn't with us tonight it's just it's just going to be your two favorite podcast hosts me and mike we got a lot to talk about it's going to be a good show but like we joke about this mike every single time he goes away we joke about this but this is starting to get like become like a real thing trent is always on vacation how does he pull this off i don't know steve but but i gotta be honest you know we spent like four days in a row with him last weekend i think it's probably best for all of us i think i I need a little bit of a trench break anyways so I think it's probably for the best that he goes away every now and again, and we can kind of take a, you know, a deep breath away from away from Trentle. Little breather from Trent. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, you're right. We, I mean, we like, need that every now and again. I mean, listen, Trent is the is the uh, you know the the third person here. He helps makes this this P2E machine roll. But you're right. You I mean he's a lot. I mean he's a quirky, interesting dude, and every once in a while you just need a break for them. Break, a break from him. so you know i'm i'm here it's gonna be the two brothers we got like i said we got a lot to talk about it's gonna be a, a good show with or without trent we'll have him back next episode but i want to get into this mike so you know we got some plans and coming up and you know i'm trying to the, the weather's nicer i'm trying to trying to get a little fit trying to shed some of the winter pounds you know i probably put on 15 pounds over the over the irish clover beer mile weekend so i'm trying to get semi-fit again you know what I mean so I fit into the bathing suit when it comes time for that and so I'm running around the neighborhood and the past couple weeks I've been you know doing my loop around the neighborhood and my go-to loop so I have like everybody has their go-to loops but my go-to shakeout loop it's like a three and a half mile loop I sometimes do it in the morning I sometimes do it you know in the middle of the work day when I'm just trying to squeeze in a run but in the middle of my go-to like loop around the neighborhood there's a street blocked off and it's because George Clooney is recording a movie right here in Lowell, Massachusetts. And the thing about Lowell is, I I don't know if you remember this, Mike, like almost 20 years ago now, 
uh, when when uh, Mark Wahlberg really wanted to he he was he was recording the fighter, which is like the Mickey Ward movie, um, you know, boxer Mickey Ward, and uh, they really wanted to record it in Lowell and uh, the hometown, like where Mickey Ward is actually from. And so like Massachusetts actually gave like all these tax breaks and all these incentives for people to come record movies in Lowell, Massachusetts. And since then, throughout our lives, it's like been movie sets popping up in Lowell, like regularly, like every year or every two years, we'll see like another movie set. Like I'll never forget, I was running down my street, um, you know, five, six, seven years ago. And I just like ran by Kevin James and Adam Sandler. They were recording like grownups, like on the street we grew up on. But anyways, George Clooney's recording a, a movie in my neighborhood, like a couple, like less than a mile from where I live. And at first it was kind of a novelty. It's like, oh, the streets closed down. You can watch the set, like and catch a glimpse of some actors. I think like Ben Affleck's in it or something like that. Um, but now it's just straight up becoming an inconvenience in my life. Like I just want to get back to my normal shakeout loop and freaking George Clooney's got my neighborhood shut down every time I want to go and do the loop. I think you got to protest whatever movie this is, Steve. You can't be, you can't <laughs> be giving him your uh, box office numbers after, you know, interrupted your life like that. It's called the, I'm looking it up now, the tender bar. So the tender bar. It, let me tell you what, this better be a good movie because you know, the first time it happened, like I said, Mickey Ward, uh, the Mickey Ward movie, the, the Mark Wahlberg, the fighter, it pretty much shut down downtown Lowell for an entire summer. And it was annoying, but we were excited, right? We were excited to have a movie being filmed in our hometown. And then and the movie was awesome, right? So I completely forgive all the inconvenience it, it cost me, you know, that summer. I think it was like summer of 2005, 2006, something like that. This This movie better be good. Clooney, you better turn out a turn out a good movie for, for causing me all this inconvenience in my life. Well, Steve, it's nice to hear that you're getting your, your runs and your jogs. I think after the uh, Irish Clover weekend, it was pretty clear that, you know, obviously I should be getting out, hitting the pavement, getting some, getting some miles going. Um, but that's just not what, what happened. I, I, I'm running on complete empty right now, Steve. I went back to back weekends. I'm coming off of our March Madness house where I I don't think I saw the light of day for just like four straight days. I was sucked. I, I know it sounds like, you know, I'm whining and complaining about like spending four days in a row with my friends and like drinking and, and having, cause I, I am, I'm complaining about that. It is, it is not easy what we're doing here. Okay. It, no average man can, can sit in one living room for like 72 hours straight we didn't, there was no, like, no place, we were in the middle of the woods, no place delivered anywhere near here, so we just had a freezer full of, like, 12 frozen pizzas. I ate frozen pizza for every single meal. I just barely left the couch. Definitely didn't get out for a run. I mean, it's, it's impressive what I just did, and coming after the Irish Clover weekend, we did a similar thing to our body. It's, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm in a tough place on this uh, Tuesday night, Steve. Mike, how many, how many years removed from college are you now? I am now six years removed from college. Yeah. See, that's, that's right about the time. See, like the, you, there was a time in your life where you could pull this off. No problem. But right around that time, like six years removed from college, like the hangovers start lasting a little bit longer. You need that sleep a little bit more. It impacts you. You know, it just, it just, it just hits different 
the next day. You're, you're starting to fall into that territory, something that I've been complaining about for the past couple of years. I mean, you're truly past the peak and it's it's like a it's oh, a yeah. steep fall for you right now. I, I would say like pretty much every weekend i've ever even when you're in college right you're always just like oh i'm never never drinking again i'm getting too old for this this was the first time that i like genuinely believed like i i this might be it for me like no more bachelor parties no more march madness weekends i i think it, i think it's over that might have been my last two rough well mike you better start getting the miles in We've kind of, you know, I'm just going to kind of tease this a little bit. We've, we've, we've talked amongst the podcast hosts about what we're doing. And, you know, we're looking down the barrel of May. And last May, we challenged each other to, we did a miles challenge. We saw, you know, who could do more miles in, in one week. And it was excruciatingly painful. It was brutal. We kicked the crap out of ourselves. We did probably some serious damage because we ran some miles that we, we probably shouldn't have been running. But people loved it. They ate it up. And May's coming back around. And we got to run it back. We got to run it back. And, like, that's, like, the only thing that's going through my head when I don't want to go out the door is, like, hey, May's coming. And, you know, I don't think we're going to do the same exact challenge that we did last time. But we're going to do something. And we're going to do something crazy. And you better be ready to do it so you don't end up in a wheelchair. Yeah, I mean, I, I know what we're doing. Um, and the last thing in the world I wanted to do was another mileage challenge like we did last year. I can't say that this is going to be any less terrible than what we did last year. I think it's going to be horrifically bad. I think we're probably going to do forever damage to our bodies. (laughs) Um, but you know, got to give the people what they want, Steve, got to give the people what they want. And, and you know what I will say, Mike, like, Yes, yes, this is for content and I don't want to do it, but it's keeping me a little honest, right? And it's and it's like that that bullet on like the calendar that I I have something to train for, like I have something and even if I do nothing else this year, if I do that and I don't run a single race, I don't do anything athletic the rest of the year, I can look back and be like, "Hey, back in May, I did that. I did that, you know, that challenge. I I pushed myself to the limit back in May and I don't need to worry about it again until next May." Yeah, I'm just doing it for the content. I, I don't care about that, Steve. Uh, but I do think we've decided that, you know, last year we did it kind of virtually. And uh, I think we've decided this year we're going to go ahead and do it in person, which I think should bring some pretty electric content. I think we got some pretty good ideas. Um, I think it's something a weekend, a week that people are not going to want to uh, turn off their Instagram, turn off their YouTube, whatever. I don't know how we're going to stream it or get the content, but you're going to want to be locked in because I think it's going to be pretty electric. So I think in the ne- in the coming weeks, we'll give more details about it. Yes, I we do know what we're doing. So we'll give the details as we look, get a little bit closer. And we will provide plenty of content for people to follow along. But similar to last year, we're also going to encourage the two crew to do it with us do it with us on on strava and push yourself like like we're pushing ourselves and it was a lot of fun watching people do that so everybody listen you know start start getting ready because it's coming so all right mike let's kick off the running news All right, just a couple quick news stories this week. Not a ton of results or anything coming in. I think a lot of people are taking uh, some time off. But 
we did have a uh, a report that on the surface level, I, I don't think it was that big of a news story, um, but I think it brings up some interesting points. So uh, the Olympic Committee just announced that there will be no foreign spectators allowed at the Olympics coming up, which isn't a total surprise. But I will say this, Steve, my biggest takeaway from this is I think I've been the most negative, definitely the most negative one on this podcast, but more negative than most about the upcoming Olympics. I actually think that this is a really good sign because this tells me that they are taking this real seriously, that they are making the necessary moves. And if they didn't actually think that this was going to happen, then they wouldn't be making moves like that. They wouldn't be planning for their to not be like selling tickets, not being able to, to, you know, bang out stadiums and stuff like that. They're serious about making this Olympics happen at all costs. So it actually kind of makes me think it's going to happen, which is a big step for me. Mike, you nailed it. This is the single best piece of news we have gotten since the Olympics was canceled last year. Because we've been in, we've been kind of like questioning, like, is this going to happen? What kind of precautions are they going to have to take? Like, the fact that we're not hearing anything makes me scared that this isn't going to happen, that they're just putting off the news that they're going to have to break to us at some point. The fact that they are saying right now, hey, we're taking precautions, we're not allowing fans, means to me that they're thinking this through and that they're actually putting a plan in place to make this event happen this summer. So, yeah, I'm in, I completely agree with you that – this is a good sign for the fact that the Olympics are going to happen. Now it's going to stink that there's no, that there aren't going to be fans there, but you know, beggars can't be choosers, right? We got to, you know, anything, anything to make sure that these races, these events happen. I'm all for it. And if it means no fans and it can get us that much close to actually having the Olympics this summer, I'm all for it. Yeah. I remember thinking back to like, you know, when the NBA was like unveiling their plan with like the bubble and all that stuff made you feel pretty confident that stuff was going to happen. And then I remember the NFL was saying nothing and you had no idea what their plan was. Now in retrospect, they ended up having a plan. just, they were being the NFL, not public about it. But I remember that making me think like, I'm pretty nervous about the NFL that they're just being completely silent about this. And that's how I felt about the Olympics for a while, but this kind of changes things for me. And like I said, I've been a negative Nancy but I'm coming around, Steve. I'm coming around. Let's go. Let's have the Olympics. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I, I remember last summer, like, baseball right away started making, making plans to have games. The NBA committed to the bubble, right? And you didn't, you didn't hear anything from the NFL, and they, it, it made you scared because it's like, this probably isn't going to happen. But at the end of the day, the NFL just does whatever the hell the NFL they wants do. to do, right? Yeah. So, but they, I mean, I, they, they can do that. I mean, they, you know, they had their, their fake testing every single day with their players. I mean, I'm pretty sure <laughs> like right. players were, you know, playing with COVID every single week. The NFL just does whatever the hell it wants to do. But yeah, it's a, it's a good point that it, it, it was, it was kind of a similar circumstance where it's like the fact that we aren't hearing anything means like this probably isn't going to happen. All right, so our second news story we're going to talk about, this kind of, this kind of is one that really took me by surprise. I, I don't see a lot of, like, running news just flipping around on Instagram. that kind of, like, takes my breath away. But I saw a post yesterday that uh, Beer Miler 
Corey Belmore is going to be running for Westfly. He ran his last race here in, in a Westfly jersey. There's so much to break down here, Steve. I don't know how deep and, you know, down this rabbit hole we want to go, but I just like kind of shocking, shocking news. And I think it's a big step for the running team uh, Westfly there, right? I mean, it's their first like huge kind of pro name. Um, and the biggest layer of it, right, is they're kind of using this as a shot at our guy, Chris Robertson. So there's just so much to break down, Steve. Why don't I give you the reins and let you, why don't you go ahead and start talking about this? I don't know where to start with this. <laughs> so I have much no idea go. where to start with this one. I will say, like, it's kind of cool that you see that. And maybe this is going to be, maybe, like, this is a step. And, and I'll say this about West Five. The fact that there's this kid that has this idea of starting like a running club that can sponsor athletes that isn't connected to a brand. I actually think in like a weird way is like a good step for the sport. If, it, if he's able to pull it off and if it's able to happen, and even if it's just kind of like, you know, kind of breaking down some barriers for people in the future to do it. I think that's a good thing. Like, I think, I think the fact that the, the sport is so twisted and connected with brands we've talked about it so many times hurts the sport now our guy Eric Everett Smolder um, he's a guy that I think we've kind of put off talking about on this podcast for a while and for a lot of reasons I'm going to start off by saying this the the energy and kind of like like excitement he's bringing to the sport is a really good thing. Like he's kind of going about it like a Connor McGregor, which is, I mean, it's cool, right? Like that, it, that's, that's what, it's what we've been begging we've been for. preaching that. Yeah. We've, we've been, been begging preaching for that we need that in the sport, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't know how many times we can say like, we want to see more of that kind of energy. Now I am going to say this. He's, the, the, like the two main people that he's decided to pick fights with are like two of like our guys, two of <laughs> yeah. like two guys that like we are like we, I would actually consider like friends. Right. I mean, he's, he's, he's like, he's like, he's has this vendetta against Tin Man, you know, primarily Sam Parsons. He calls us Sam Parsons every chance he gets. And then Chris Robertson, he's, he's calling out him on the beer mile. Like, those are two of like, like legit friends of the program. Two guys, like those two guys are like, I mean, it, there, there's only a handful of guys that you could say have like helped us grow this peak to peak to early brand more than those two guys. So like, if you're going to go at, if you're going to go at Sam Parsons and you're going to go at Chris Robertson, as much as I want to like you Everett, I'm going to take their side. Cause those are our boys. You know what I mean, Mike? I, I do. Yeah. And, you know, you got to be careful what you say about everything. I know. Because God I'm knows. Saying it, next, but I got to. Next, next thing you know, you might be on his Instagram. I know. I'm going to get called guys. out. I'm going to be, gonna be I, called a beta and, and alphas only and shit like that. I I, I know yeah. it's coming, but I but I got to speak. I got to stand up for but, our guys, right? But so here's the thing. I, like I said, I, I am so torn on West 5 because, like you said, I love the energy that they bring. I love the controversy. I love the, the shit talk. I'm all in for that. I just get 
afraid of like the way I just I I want it to be genuine and it doesn't always feel genuine like calling out Chris Robertson like the the nicest dude in in the world who also at the same time is will smash you in a beer mile like I'm sorry but will smash you I I, I just I don't know what's going on there but I'm willing to look around and see and like the other problem I kind of have with it is the whole like alphas only thing is kind of like you know i think back to like sav racing right like sav racing in the origin of that is like we were kind of making fun Not of kind that. of like, straight up making yeah i mean like we, we we pretty much like grew our brand on like making fun of like the bro culture now i i will admit like we kind of became that by making fun of it but like the alphas only kind of falls in with like, oh, I'm a sad bro, I'm alpha only, blah, blah. So I do kind of have an issue with that. But I'm here for it. I think it's fun. I think, so to me, I thought it was kind of like a huge joke when he was calling out Chris. Because like I said, I think Chris will smash him. It is wild that his response to like calling out Chris Robertson is somehow to get the world record holder in the beer mile to put on this jersey i i i just interesting Corey, Corey, Corey just doesn't seem like he fits that mold i don't know we've talked to Corey. chris and Corey are like buddies it just i was shocked when i saw that but i must say it is it's a an incredible move to be able to just pull the world record holder in the your mouth i gotta give that credit i gotta i gotta give that credit yeah I just I do want to end it by saying this, and I think that this might ruffle some feathers. If you constantly have to remind the world that you're an alpha, right? Are you really an alpha? Well, and and so my other thing is too. Right now, it's great. We're like you got this group of college kids doing their thing. I mean, I'm sure like when I was in college, I would have thought this was the coolest freaking thing in the world. In three or four years, when you're on the pro stage, and you know you're. you're you got to line up next to these guys. You got to line up. That's the thing. Like when you got to line up next to these guys and when like everybody you're racing is a pro and legit does this stuff hold up. And if it does, right. And this kid goes on and he competes with these guys and keeps his thing going. That's great. I just, I don't know if this can hold up. I don't know if it can hold up. I don't know if you can build your brand around that and keep it going, but we'll see. Because like I said, shocked by the Corey Belmore news. Now, like you said, Chris is our guy. I can't wait to see how Chris responds to this. I, I'm down to, to watch this race. I think I think they threw, like, uh, Everett claimed that he's thrown down, like, 2K on this race. I mean, that's legit as hell. I, I'm here for it. I'm here for to watch it. Kid? I mean, that's that's some serious money. Yeah, so I, I'm here for it. And, and, and I, got our boy, I got our boy Chris's back. And, I, I mean, obviously, when you bring Corey into the race, that's – that's gonna be wildly entertaining, but Chris will just dust Everett. It'll that will happen, and I'm sure that this is gonna get to Everett. Like I'm sure it will. Uh, and I'll just say this: whatever. like, I don't no, know. no, no, no. I'm just gonna say this: like, yeah, like we we we've kind of like we've kind of picked a side here. But I will say this, Everett: the sport is way more fun with villains. Like, as from a fan's perspective, and that's all I am at this point. Is I'm a fan. Like I have no business competing whatsoever. From a fan's perspective, you're damn right the sport is way more fun with villains. Sure. So keep doing your thing. 
keep doing the damn thing. So, but Chris is going to smoke you. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. All right, Steve, that's all I got for the news. All right. So we had an interview with Furman graduate member of the Brooks beast track club, Allie Buhowski. Allie had a huge breakout race at the sound running invitational. She had a 25 second PR sub 15 minute 5k getting the Olympic standard, just a huge breakthrough race for her. Mike and I talked with her uh, earlier today. Mike, I, I, I really enjoyed our conversation with Allie. Allie's awesome. It, it was really cool. We spent a lot of time breaking down this race, but it was a you know huge moment uh, in her career for her, and I, and I loved breaking it down. Uh, also, shockingly found out that she has a cat, actually not a cat person. Who, who I mean, so. James Perez really threw, on us, threw us under the bus. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Let's talk to her. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for, uh, for making some time for us this morning. Yeah, sure thing. How's everything out in Seattle? Is the uh, is the weather starting to change out there? Is it still gray and rainy? Yeah, so I'm actually in Atlanta, so I don't. Oh, you know. are. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> all right. Well, good afternoon then. <laughs> <laughs> how how long you been down in Atlanta for? Uh, I drove here after the race in LA, so um, a little bit now. You drove there from LA? Yeah, it took a while. I did 18 hours in one day. <laughs> 18 hours in one day. Why? Any any reason in particular? Did you just want to have a road trip? Why'd you do that? Uh, well, I haven't seen my family in over a year, and like, I didn't go home for the holidays or anything, and Danny gave us um, basically from now until, or from the race until like we meet back up in camp to kind of like be wherever we want to be, and so it was a good opportunity to see them um, and kind of like reset before our next camp. And so you're you're heading back to Albuquerque in a in a couple of weeks, right? Yep, yep. So I'll meet the team back there. Very cool, very cool. Well, um, I, I think you've been you've been on the list of people that we've wanted to have on for a long time. We had to reach out to you after the Sound Runner invite um, and just an amazing breakthrough performance in the five k, twenty five second PR under fifteen sub fifteen five k runner. What are your thoughts just kind of like having that sunk in for a couple of weeks now? Yeah, I feel like it's, um, you know, the same thing that happens after like a bad race is a good race. Like, you know, you dwell on it for a little bit and then like you got to move on and, um, you know, you're only as good as your most recent performance. And so we took our couple of weeks down and I could like reflect on it and see what I did right and where I can improve. And now we're in the like, all right, let's work on where you can improve stage um, and kind of get things rolling back into Albuquerque when we meet up with the team. Um, but it does feel really good. <laughs> it's, it's been a long time coming, I feel like, for that one. And we had, like, some baby steps when I first joined the team, um, but nothing, like, indicative of what I knew I could do. And so this finally felt like everything came together on the right day. I guess that's kind of the catch-22, right, of running, like, a, a gigantic PR is – well, now you're a sub 15 girl. So you have to consistently be a sub 15 girl. So do you feel any like more pressure now? It's like you, you hit an Olympic qualifier, you're, you're sub 15 and you're kind of on everyone's radar now. So does that add a little pressure? It's like, all right, I gotta, gotta start hitting the roads and I gotta get even faster than that. 
Yeah, I think um, I was talking a little bit about Dan or to Danny about it. Um, but when I left Furman, my college coach or one of my coaches, Robert Gary, was like, just get relevant. Like when your first couple years as a pro, just figure out how to get yourself relevant. And that's been the end goal the last couple of years. And I feel like I'm finally like what you just said, like, you know, in the mix now. And uh, I feel like the pressure, I mean, could very well be there, but Danny does a good job of like narrowing your vision and just focusing on yourself and your strengths and what you can do to be your best when you step up to the start line. And I mean, that's proven to work for us, like, you know, in these smaller meets and like the, um, you know, the LA race almost felt like a home track to us. So it's like, can we translate that to, um, you know, the trials? And I, I mean, the trials, like if, if someone says they're not nervous for it, like that's a lie, you know, we all step up to the line, you know, we're all like working for the same thing. And so that doesn't change just because I've run under 15. Um, I just feel like I'm more confident now going into it than I was before. So now when you, you know, I, I kind of want to go back to something you said a little bit and the, the get relevant and running such a, a weird sport where, um, you know, you're, you're essentially, you're part of the Brooks brand, you're part of the, the, the beast brand, but at the same time, you also need to kind of create this like personal brand. And like you said, get relevant. Like, what does that, what does that mean to you as like a professional runner? Can you dive into that? Like get relevant a little bit? Yeah. I think there's, um, a few different like avenues, uh, that you could go with of like defining that. Um, and, the one that like hits most for me is like a little bit harder to explain. Um, and it's a bit more like internal just view of myself. And so like an example of it is I stepped up to the line in 2019 U S outdoors and I was like looking to the left and right of me and I was like, man, I, I feel like I don't belong like on the line with these women. Like I, I just don't like, I don't have the standard. I, you know, I've got to get the mark and place in the top three. And I just, I uh, was just like down on myself and was just like, I, like, I don't, it's like imposter syndrome. It's like, I just don't feel like I belong here, even though I've worked just as hard and like have earned my spot on this line, just like all of these other women. And, you know, in LA, when I stepped on the line and I was like lined up next to like some of my running idols, you know, you know you're looking at Huddle and Sisson, and like, you know, a lot of those girls. And I'm like, I'm just one of you guys now. Like you guys are just, um, you know, you're my competitors. You're not a 20 bajillion time USA champion, you know, like you're, you're just someone I'm racing. And I think for me that like, um, you know, that doesn't minimize their accomplishments, but it just, you know, makes me feel like, like these people are beatable. Um, even if like I have been looking up to them for years, you know? Uh, and so I think that's more of an abstract way that I was looking at it. And I think what led to that kind of breakthrough. Um, but then if you're looking at, you know, track and fields, this sport of like, you know, what's your transcript, you know, what, what have you done? What marks have you hit? Like what places have you finished? And, um, you know, if you're looking at that, uh, from that end of things, like 1457 is a elite and very competitive time. Um, and so, I mean, it's, I don't think any of our women on like the beasts have gone under 15 is that, you know, so if you're looking at it just from those sides of things, then it's like, well, on paper, you are relevant too. Um, and now you feel relevant as well. And I felt relevant before I even hit that mark when I stepped on the line. And I think that was the difference. I think every, every runner, every runner who's run at every level has felt that to a certain point where it's just like, you know, you get on the line, it's like, do I belong here? Then you prove it. And then the, until you're the world record holder, there's always that next step of like, do, do I belong here? But when you're running in that race at the, the sound runner, or the, the, the uh, sound runner invite, are you, are you just kind of focused on 
um, just hang in there? Or did you know that you had the ability to run that time and you just hadn't had the opportunity or you didn't, weren't feeling right to go out and do that? I guess what I'm asking is, did you know you could do that or did you surprise yourself? Yeah. So, I mean, short story, I knew I could do it. I was joking with Danny in our pre-meet meeting of just like, uh, well, we were trying to figure out like what was going to happen. Like, are there going to be pacers? You know, what are the logistics of this race? Who's in it? You know, are there any scratches? And he's like, well, one of the girls wants to run 1445. And I was like, do you think I can do that? And he's like, I mean, maybe, <laughs> but like, it'd be a situation where you're going out with them and like, you're just trying to hold on and you're probably not going to be kicking and you know, you might die a little bit. Um, or you hang back with the other pack that's just trying to run 1510 and like kick off of that and see what you can do. And uh, I was just joking with Danny and I was like, because uh, he asked me, he starts every meeting like that. He's like, well, what do you want out of this? Like, what do you think you can do? Because that's really what matters. If you don't believe you can, like you're not going to, even if like Danny thinks you can. And so I told him, I was like, well, I'm confident that if I don't run a 25 second or a 23 second, like go under 15 PR, then I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> and uh, he was just trying to like temper my confidence a little bit. But I was like, Danny, I know I can do this. Like I feel good in practice. Like we have a lot of indicators that um, show we can do this. And, uh, but it had to be, I did, we did talk about it. I was like, it has to be the perfect race to be able to do that. I have to be on my A game, um, which is kind of exciting. Cause that means a B or maybe even a C race. It's like, you know, you have the standard at a B race, you're flirting, you know, you're going to get a PR with a C race. And that's a, it's a really exciting point to be in when you step onto the line. Um, so no, it wasn't a surprise, but, um, and I didn't really realize I was going to run under 15 until the last like lap. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, I mean, the race plan was just to, I mean, race women, honestly, you know, it was to be caught or not cautious, but like, you know, understand that we're not going to go with lead pack and, and you may, they may or may not come back to you and you still have to make it an exciting race. Like even if you're not trying to win, um, cause the point of this is to get the mark. And if you look at the women in there, like the Hoka girls, you have Sisson, you had like a lot of women that aren't going to let the pace lag. Like they're not going to get in this race and not get the standard. And so if you're racing them and you're like staying with them, you're pretty much guaranteed to run under 1510. Um, and that's what happened for a lot of women in that race. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think uh, the video at the end of the race there, you're clearly like super emotional. There's nothing cooler in sports for me than just like pure, genuine emotion, right? Like that moment's unbelievable. But for me, the coolest thing from that video is your teammates' emotion and just like how genuinely happy they were to watch you run that. What? How important to you is like having teammates around you that care so much about your individual performance yeah I was I just had my like kind of first workout back today and like I mentioned earlier I'm in Atlanta so not around the team right now and I was like dang it like <laughs> I want to be back in Albuquerque and miss these girls and guys um but it it it's like I mean that's the reason part of the reason why I joined the beast was because you know they're marketed as like a team just like you would be in college um it's just a little bit different because you all have like you know college is a wide range of people and goals and abilities and like here we're all doing the exact same thing we all want the same thing and surrounding yourself by those kind of people that like genuinely care and uh, i mean i've gone through a lot with like this group of people um and we're all very vulnerable with each other and like love on each other a lot and like you know, I mean, you guys have talked to some of the men on the team. They also are pretty good at like bringing you back down to earth a little bit too. Um, but 
I mean, a race like that wouldn't have been, I don't think, I mean, that's part of the reason why I left where I was, was like, I feel like I need to change and like challenge myself in different ways. And these people do that and they do it with like a lot of love in their heart. And I, I wouldn't, I mean, genuinely, I would not have run like that without them. Um, so it was, it was cool. And like to see them at the finish line and, um, I was joking with Chris. I was like, we didn't get a photo of you hugging me, but we got one of you and Dave hugging. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it was, it was really cool to have them there. Um, yeah. perks of having the last race of the night, I guess. That's right. Yeah. We, um, like, obviously we, we huge fans of the, the Brooks beast. And so now that I, you know, got you to say all those nice things about beasts, let's get you to say something not so nice. So you just talked about an 18 hour road trip you did from LA to Atlanta. Who is men's or women's side? Who is like the one teammate you might love them but the one teammate who you just will not would not ever get in a car for 18 hours and drive cross country with oh god don't worry they they won't hear this it's fine no well the well i was thinking the first one i thought of that i like i want to say i'm like that uh, this person i would but i also like would kind of hate myself for like saying yes so we're gonna go with david ribich <laughs> um, so um background here he drove with me and mia um, from Seattle to Albuquerque when we like went to camp in January and, uh, he's very good at like keeping you entertained and like talking on the trip. Um, but if I had to add another 16 hours, um, cause it was 31 total from LA to, um, Atlanta. And I don't know, I don't know if I can make that. Um, <laughs> and I feel like he would probably say the same. So <laughs> he's also one of my better friends on the team. Um, but that's just a lot of time alone. <laughs> yeah, there's something about a road trip where it's like, like you said, like I think that like first day, maybe first couple of days where you want to have fun, everyone's kind of enjoying it. But there becomes a certain point where it's like, you need to stop playing that same song again, or you need to stop like yeah. just talking. Like you just need to leave me by myself right now. So I, I could see it. <laughs> the joke with uh, Dave on the way down, he said so many times, he's like, oh, we're like 20 minutes from my hometown. And I'm like, we passed your hometown a day ago. <laughs> um, so that's, that's the running joke now, no matter where we're traveling. Um, so we're always 20 minutes from David's house. I, the, the beast I've noticed just kind of following on Instagram, you, you all are love driving places like drive, driving long distances. I saw a lot of people drove from Seattle to Albuquerque. Then you drove 30. Is that something did, did, uh, did coach Danny say that we're, we're not flying or do you guys just love road trips? Yeah. So in a normal year, I would have flown. Uh, I would have flown to Albuquerque, and then I would have flown to LA, and then I would have flown to Atlanta. Um, but with COVID, we so the way the Brooks policy around it is, if you fly, um, you have to quarantine for five days away mm -hmm. from the team, and then get tested. And so, if we flew to Albuquerque, um, we would have had to like get separate housing or get there early for our first day of practice. And I just didn't. I haven't flown since. March of last year. So it's like also personally just a little hesitant around it. Um, even though it seems like it's relatively safe now. Um, like, but yeah, so I just didn't fly down. I brought my own car. And then once I had my car in LA, uh, I just, I, you know, part of the reason that we have that policy in place is to not get people around you sick. And I didn't want to fly and be around my mom who's like, I mean, she's fine, but she's older, you know, I, I don't want to risk like giving anything to her. Um, and so that was a tough, so originally we were like, well, the race might be in Arizona. And I was like, okay, that's not that bad of a drive. You know, it's like, you get back to Albuquerque and then like Albuquerque to Seattle is the same as Albuquerque to Atlanta. 
But then when the race moved to LA, I was like, oh no. <laughs> but I like committed to making making the drive and seeing all of them. So it was worth it. Um, but this isn't normal. I feel like the only people that have driven to Albuquerque in the past really has been like Drew, but he didn't drive, his Tesla did. So <laughs> what is okay, I feel like this is an important question. What is your go-to road trip snack? Uh I like the Trader Joe's uh beef jerky, the silly original flavor big fan of that um dr kyle our nutritionist also uh, he's like oh i saw him after the race he's like every three hours eat something protein and so i have a lot of beef jerky um, <laughs> but that's that's definitely my go-to uh or just some like trail mix or something like that See, that, that that's fairly healthy i feel like anytime i'm on a road trip i just like give myself permission it's like it doesn't really count if it's on a road trip so you can just eat like Cheez-Its and like yeah. you know, Sour oh. Patch Kids for 30 straight hours. Well, my 18 the 18 hour day, I didn't stop unless I I cut out from like West Texas basically all the way to Atlanta in one day. And I didn't stop. The car didn't stop unless the car needed gas. And you had to eat whatever was near the gas station and that was it. Like, you know, stops were like 15 minutes or less. And so I drove, I like got up, I drove and then eventually the car needed gas, so I stopped, and there was literally nothing at this station. I'm like, are you kidding me? There's no <laughs> breakfast. And so I had, I got some, like, you know, trail mix and stuff from the gas station and some, like, iced coffee from the, like, refrigerator area. And then the next stop that the car needed gas, there was a McDonald's connected to it. And so <laughs> that, that was my guilty pleasure. Um, it was kind of, like, my one meal of the day, and I think I had, like, 1,300 calories. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, so that was my guilty pleasure. Don't tell Dr. Kyle. Um, That's where road trips get away yeah. from me because yeah. you're just like, just this one time, just this one meal, I'm going to get McDonald's, and then you're in the car for another five hours, and you're like, okay, we can do it one more time, and then we're yeah. done. And like, the next thing you know, it gets away from you. Yeah, it definitely did. Um, but that was that was kind of my cheat day, and then um, I was feeling it when I got back. I think I slept like the next 18 hours straight so <laughs> yeah how many how many coffees did that take you're like must have been in like the four or five coffee range yeah I actually had less than I thought I would because I also didn't have coffee until I stopped for the first time so I went like four or five hours that was the hardest stretch because I had just woken up and was exhausted and got in like kind of a lot of traffic too there was like a wreck and I was just like this is miserable and then I had some like iced coffee and then I had a soda at McDonald's and then I don't think I had caffeine after that. Um, but I also had done a caffeine cleanse leading into the race. So any caffeine I had was like, whoo, jittery. So that's the secret. Cut <laughs> caffeine out of your life and you'll be a sub 15 minute 5k runner. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so before, before we wrap up here, I did want to just kind of quickly go back to running real quick. And so you have the standard now. Mm -hmm. Have you allowed yourself to start thinking about that at all? Thinking about the trials, thinking about competing for a spot on the Olympic team, or are you just kind of focused on like one step ahead of you just getting better every day? Yeah, I think it's a, a mixture of both. Um, because I mean, what we mentioned before, like get relevant, you know, and it's like, that is on my mind. It's like, I do have a legitimate shot now to make the team instead of just like another person on the starting line. Um, but then like I, I was talking to again Danny and um the uh I started talking to a sports psych over the summer and like the when we were talking to him around that time he was like well you're not I was injured so he's like you're not there yet you know you're not running yet but like yet's the key word like you will get there you just have to like focus one day at a time 
And then it switched to like, once I was running, it was like, why not me? Like, why can't I be the one that's like running sub 15? Why can't I be the one that's making a team? And now I feel like we're kind of backtracking to like, well, we're not there yet. Like you haven't made the team yet. So like there is still work to be done. And if, you know, all you do in the season is run 1457, like that doesn't, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how fast you run. It matters what place you finish at the trials. So I think it's a little bit a mixture of both of like, yes, you are in a position to do this, but you haven't done it. Like you're not, you can't call yourself an Olympian until you are one. So um, we're not there yet, I guess. <laughs> well, we'll be, we'll be cheering for you. Hope that you get there. I mean, you're, you're definitely going to be one of our favorites going to that race. Um, we're not going to let you off that quickly though. Oh, we end every interview with a quick game. So Mike, why don't you kick off down the home stretch? All right. Down the home stretch, rapid fire questions. We're going to hit you with questions about cats. We know you're a lover of cats. So that, that's where we're going to go. With this. Steve's gonna, information. Yeah. <laughs> Steve's going to hit you with the first one. Let's do it. How many cats do you own? I have one cat. I actually don't like cats. I only like my cat. Oh, okay. So we got some that's false information better. there. Okay. That's even better. I love it. Um, okay. Well, so that, that kind of makes me feel better about asking these questions because I wouldn't say I'm a huge cat person. And, and I think that's mostly <laughs> to do with the fact that I just don't think cats like me. I don't know what it is, but I don't think that they like me. So how do I make cats like me or how do I make your cat like me? I mean, I don't know if my cat even likes me. She figured out <laughs> the doggy door and is gone most of the day. Um, but I got her because her breed of cats act most like dogs, but they can be left alone for a day if you're traveling for racing. So that's why I have So her. you're a dog person who I am a dog person. couldn't, didn't have the time for a dog is what you're telling me. Uh, basically, yeah. So okay. I committed to an animal that'll live like 20 years. <laughs> All right. Well, in the rest of the segment, we're just going to shit on cats. Let's go. <laughs> have you ever taken your cat for a walk? I have tried, uh, but she's independent. Uh, so no, I, well, I have some photos, but it's, she's obviously not happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was uh, trying to find information about cats before this. And I found an article where a cat, some like random town in Alaska had been, I guess was mayor of the town for 20 straight years. <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever vote for your cat uh, for any kind of political office? Um, I mean, if you want her to like be gone most of the time and then when she's around be sleeping, then like sure that sounds like uh, a pretty uh, good politician honestly i think that sounds i, I better think i know most. some politicians that you know, would be better off having your cat so. i mean i didn't say it but you're right <laughs> what is your cat's name bluebell so she's named after the skunk and bambi the bambi or the um, flowers the skunk and flowers wife is bluebell also the her cur her like fur coloring is called bluebell so yeah mike hit her with the last cat question all right, so I know cats can be, like, really, really fast for short distances. What is, like, the distance where you could beat your cat in a race? Like, where is the threshold? Oh, um, I mean, she doesn't really, like, she pounces on things and chases things. Ah, I would say you got to give me probably 200. And okay. then, but it depends on how motivated she is. Like, are my mom's dogs at the end of this 200? Then she'll probably beat me there. She loves them. Well, Allie, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, congratulations on your huge PR. And yeah, we're like I said earlier, we're going to be cheering you on into the Olympic trials and beyond. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
right. Thanks again to Allie for coming on the podcast. Just one of the one of the good people in the sport, one of the people that you really want to truly succeed. And we're happy for the success that she has had, uh, you know, this, uh, this, this spring and looking forward to see her continue to have success going into the trials. Before we move on here, before we move on to the winner of the Irish Clover peak too early pick them, we want to give a big thanks to our sponsor, Artican guys. We've talked about Artican so many times. This is the accessory brand for runners. I'm rocking my Artican Peak Too Early custom bracelet right now. If you guys haven't gone on to Artican to check out like the custom feature, you can go on and build your own bracelet. I, I've said it before. They also have this really cool thing where you can you can have like certain flags on the bracelet. You can add multiple flags. You can put like I think a couple different flags on a, on a bracelet. It's a really cool feature. You guys got to go check it out. But just a really cool company. Uh, we had the the owner Chris on a few months ago. Great guy. He's he's really working hard to to grow this brand. And then kind of on the charitable side, ten percent of everything they make is going to clean water initiatives in Kenya. Just an all around great company. Go support the brands that support your favorite running podcast. I I. I... Been at the top of the show the past couple weeks, Steve, raving about Artican. I don't think I can say there's, – there's nothing I can say more. They're the best. I love these bracelets. Those those uh, trophies, Steve, that we had for the Irish Clover, they just need to start. I, I know you, you, you give me a hard time about this. I know you want them to be exclusive. They should sell those because they would make gazillion dollars off of those bracelets. They're the best. All right. And, yeah, so for the Irish Clover 5-mile, the prize was uh, uh, one of a kind – bracelets from Artican. We got a gold, silver, bronze for first, second, third, male and female in the Irish Clover five miler. Mike, why don't we start off with the women's podium starting with third place? Who do you got? All right. So in third place with a time of 34-20, we have huge two crew member. Oh, my phone. Sorry. Let me, let me. More time. Oh, let it roll. We don't cut anything. All right, good. We got big time two crew member and, uh, you know, lost to me. No big deal. Megan Kruger. So shout out to you, Megan. You get the bronze. Next, in a time of 32 38, we have Kara Haas. Local legend. Yep. Been in there. She has no idea that she's getting this bracelet, but she is. So she's got the silver. And of course, you know, the champion herself taking home another peak too early championship in time at 32-21. We got Kara Kermines. There we go. Shout out. Champ champ now. Champ champ Kara Kermines. All right. And then on the men's side, in third place with a time of 24-43, we got our guy who a lot of people are saying it's third place, but based on the course that he had to run, maybe should have been uh, second or first place. Who knows? Just some people are saying that we got our guy, Matthias. That's how you say it. It's Matthias. So he's in third place. He's getting the bronze in second place with a time of 24, 24. We got Pat Larson. And of course, Pat Larson of, of, of owner and founder of the Harrier, by the way, that's right. And uh, in a time of 24-19, the undisputed, the undefeated, peak-too-early champion of the world, Brandon Allen. 
I mean, you got to give Brandon Allen his due right here. I mean, this guy is unstoppable. I mean, and he shows up on game day. He wasn't the top-ranked runner coming into this race. And I saw a post on Instagram where he talked about how he wasn't feeling great. He didn't know if he was going to be able to run that well. He comes out, busts out, and at the same time, gets the win. Three-time, three-time champion of peak too early running events, Brandon Allen. The guy is unstoppable. And, and this was the deepest field by a lot. I mean, we had some very, very – Three runners. Three runners under 25 minutes for this. That yeah, thing is, it, that's insane. Crazy, legit field. Um, Steve, my only question is, at what time – you know, at some point, every great athlete, the Tom Brady's, the LeBron's, when they start winning, winning, winning – they start to become a villain and people start to hate them. At what point does Brandon become a hateable figure if he just keeps winning? I mean, this is, this is three. I mean, that's right around when Tom Brady became a villain. Yeah. I think, I think, I think he he is, he is reaching that status right now where he is becoming, you know, the champ, 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 but he's also the villain of, of all P2 events. That's right. So congratulations to all of our podium finishers. You will be seeing that prize in the mail shortly. Thanks again for participating. But now we got to get into the P2E Pick'em results. What everybody's been waiting for. We broke down the results. We have, we have all the points right here. And this was a close finish. It came down. Well, we're going to get into it. In a, we'll, like, we'll, we'll talk about it. it. It had to go to a tiebreaker. I'm just going to straight up say it. I won. I won. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go down the results right here. But I, my team won. But that's no fun. I can't win the prize. So we got to give the prize to somebody else. So we're gonna go through it in a second. But um, so we got, went. Gotta love. Gotta love to see the race director win yeah. in the pool. I mean, I mean, yeah, I don't know don't about that. Me. It seems a little fishy to me, if you ask me. Don't hate me for my flawless strategy in this. But for those just- of you. For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, what we did for the P3 Pick'em is if you wanted to participate, you could um, you could reach out to us and we sent you a form and it pretty much just asked you about like previous race results. Like, you know, we asked you to be honest, like what kind of shape you're in, like what, you know, what you hope to run for the race. Um, we asked you to pick a, uh, a rival. So we had all this fun stuff. We compiled the results and we had, we put together a roster and a different, uh, different prices of, of, of what each person was ranked at or, or priced at. And you had $250 to build your team uh, and your team of three people. The only twist was, is you had to be on your team at the price you were listed at. So if you were listed at $100, you now had $105 to pick your other two people. If you were listed at $25, you would have $180 to b- pick your other two people. So it really evened it out and made it fair. So. We got some close times here. I'm going to, so we have a, let me see here. We have a, we have a one, two, three, four, four way tie for second place. I'm just going to straight up say it. I won the damn thing. I had, let me, let me, let me read off my team. So me, I finished 19th place. I had Caitlin. She finished fourth on the women's on the women's uh, side, and then Justin Daglish finished 13. I had a combined score of 36 points. 
Very impressive. Not I mean, bad, bad. give it up. Give it up for your favorite peak too early host. I won the damn thing. I just want everybody to know that, but I'm not going to take the prize. We're going to go to the second place. So for the second place, uh, we had a four-way tie at 38 points. So Brandon Allen, the champ, 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 had he had a he had the one stick right for him. Uh, he had Megan who finished third, and then Buffalo Brian finished third. So that that team is tied with 38 points. Tony Lee finished ninth on the men's side. He picked Brandon Allen who finished first, and then Adam Half Step Share who finished 28th. Very impressive finish with uh, tied at 38 points again. Luke Mason finished 27th. He picked Brandon Allen, who finished first. There seems to be a theme here. Everybody is doing well. They all yeah. had Brandon Allen on their team. Um, and then David Perloff, who finished 10th. That gives him 30 point, 38 points as well. And then Buffalo Brian Herzog, he finished 34. He picked Kara, who had a one stick. And then Megan Kruger, who had a third place finish, tied for 38 points. And so if you go back in the podcast, we said – um, we were going cross country rules. So your third, your the whoever finished third on your team, whoever the lowest stick was on the for the third place finisher on your team, that was going to be the tiebreaker. So, based on that, the winner of the P2E Pick'em is Luke Mason. Woo! Luke Mason. Low, low stick for the third place finisher with a 27. He, he himself was the third place stick, uh, was a third place finisher, giving him a 27, seven points there. Um, Mike, we said it, we said it from the beginning. Pack time's going to win this thing. It truly did. It came down to all, pack all about pack time. Yeah. I mean, it, if Brandon Allen won this, I was, he was never allowed to participate <laughs> in, in any peak too early competition for the rest of his life. He, he would have been banned. Um, and Buffalo Brian, uh, you know, being tied and uh, just coming up short, just like the, just like your bills. Like I mean, bills. that, oh, that, that no. make that makes sense. So that's that's you know whatever it is what it is. And uh, Luke, I mean Luke Mason j- literally couldn't go to a better guy. So I'm happy for him. If I could have hand picked the winner, I would have picked Luke. Let's go. Yeah, we we were tallying it up, and it looked like for a minute there, it looked like Brandon Allen was gonna win the pool, and I was just like. Mike, if Brandon wins the race yeah. and he wins the pick'em, I'm gonna straight up like throw my computer through the window right now. Like I can't. Have this that. guy, this guy just can't win everything we do. But he came close. He came damn close. But thank you again to everybody that participated in the Irish Clover Weekend. Whatever you did, if you signed up, if you ran, if you if you participated in the in the uh, the pick'em pool, if you came out to Lowell, Mass, and hang out with us and run with in person, thank you so much. It was, I mean, we had to do a virtual race this year. We couldn't do it in person. But as far as a virtual race goes, it could not have been a more successful event. And that's because the two crew is the best. You guys are the, you know, you guys are the best team I've ever been a part of. I said it before. I'll say it again. Thank you so much to everybody that participated in this. Yep, I agree. All right. So, you know, I I don't know, Mike. I'm thinking that we should make this a two-man podcast. This is a pretty good episode. What do you think? Yeah, I think there's no way that Trent is going to listen to this. So, yeah, sure. I agree. I agree. Let's uh, down with Trent. He's out of here. He can go uh, be on vacation, you know, 
as as much as he wants when he's done with the podcast. All right, Mike, let's kick off the Bell app. What do you got for people on the Bell app? So I'm I'm in a tough spot here, Steve, because it's pretty warm the past couple of days. So I unpacked, you know, all my summer clothes. I got my shorts out, and I'm one of those people who I'm pretty stubborn. Once I go shorts, it's hard for me to go back. And I'm not just talking running shorts. Obviously, running shorts are always acceptable. Just shorts in general. I'm really afraid that I've committed to shorts a little too early and that like sometime next week it's going to be freezing cold and I'm going to be stuck in a weird position where it's like, all right, you committed to shorts. So you either have to suck it up and and wear the shorts or you have to wimp out and, and, you know, get rid of the shorts. So, and go back to pants. So I'm in a weird place. I know it. I do it every single year and here we are again, I'm about to do it again. Yeah. Once you go shorts, you can't go back. There's no, turn you back. cannot, you got to commit. All right. I got a couple things. Um, I called it on Twitter. I posted on Instagram. I think we were a little early on, on Woodwork Day. Um, I got all excited. It was a beautiful day for a run. Don't get me wrong. I, I wore my shorts. It was, you know, it, I think it got into the 60s here in Lowell, Massachusetts. But I think the whole intent of Woodwork Day is like everybody, everybody needs to be coming out of the woodwork to run. And I think the, the way we define it has to be, you know, it has to be sundress weather, right? If you're on a college campus, it has to be sundress weather. And I don't, when I was out there running, there was still a little bit of snow lingering. All the snow has to be melted, right? Woodwork day. I don't think woodwork, it, it was, it was a close call, but I don't think it's officially happened. It, it's tough to have woodwork day in the middle of March madness weekend as well. You got a lot of people not leaving their house. Yeah. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to our guy, Brett, uh, who follows us on Instagram. I've been chatting with him. Um, I wanted to make sure he DM'd us. He wanted to make sure we give a shout out to the Atlanta Running Club. They wanted to, they, they, they did a, an event to stop AAPI hate and they essentially raised money for every mile that, that, that was run on their Strava and they landed at 19, over 19,000 miles. So shout out to Atlanta Running Club. Shout out to that, um, that event that they did and shout out to our guy, Brett. Um, other than that, guys, other than that, Mike, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the joke. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. There's so many things that I want to say. You know, I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love tonight yeah I don't want to lose your love tonight ain't got many friends left to talk to no one's around when I'm in trouble you know I'd do anything for you save the night but keep it under cover I just want to